I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome a very special guest. She's a personal coach and mentor of mine, Jessica Hadari. Jessica is a business coach and the founder of the Spiritual Women Leaders Network, the Feminine Frequency Global Festival, and the Women of Color Wisdom Series. Jessica's work focuses on divine guidance, collaboration, and business sisterhood. Jessica has truly mastered the art of bringing women together into connection and collaboration. She's created the capacity to draw in women of a spiritual nature who are starting businesses around their healing arts and abilities. Jessica has created a remarkable community of astounding women that I'm so grateful to have been connected with. Many, many of the guests on this show I met through Jessica and her event. I'm very thankful for Jessica and excited to have her to offer insights into being an entrepreneur, getting into the business world, and remaining centered around our true calling. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hey, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me here. This is awesome. So I'm just a little bit excited to have you on the show. I have to say that, Jessica, your your name is mentioned at the beginning of most of my podcasts because I usually review with the guests how I've met them. And most of my guests I've met at your events, <laughs> at your lightworkers teas or at your queen teas. So I usually use that phrase. Could you share with the audience a little bit about what those are? Because I say it all the time and people don't really know what a queen's tea is. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I, so for many years, I produced a women's networking event here in Berkeley, California for 10 years where we met every month and, you know, 80 women would come together and network and we do little workshops and things together. But it was just a really great way for women to women healers, coaches, therapists, authors to come together and meet each other so that they could, you know, either team up, uh, create alliances, partner together, collaborate, whatever, like some really amazing other other amazing projects and businesses and women's circles were birthed out of that because women would meet and then be inspired to create things together. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously we couldn't network live. And so I decided to take it online and it was the best decision I ever made because then women could start chiming in from all over the world. So, and one of the things I'm always kind of urging my clients to do, I'll have clients that maybe want to grow their audience internationally and the best way to do that is to start connecting with other amazing women or healers or coaches or whatever, uh, workshop leaders in other countries. So the T's allowed us to come together globally and network and connect. And it's been, yeah, it has been really cool to just meet women, women who are up to amazing things all over the world. Oh, yeah. The events are just fantastic. And you are truly a master connector. You bring women together, you bring people together, and it's just so inspiring and so incredible because these women can, as you said, connect with one another and learn about other people. And, and they're just so on the same frequency with one another. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's very exciting. Thank you. I always love your, you're, you're always so sweet with your praise. <laughs> I'm always so tickled. <laughs> well, 
And to, to add more, so you are a, you're definitely a role model for me because again, I have a strong calling to connect people and bring people together to have discussions, to have discourse, to share their stories, to share their gifts together. And you're doing that live. You've, you've made that very successful career for yourself in doing that. And that's definitely a goal of my life. So you're an absolute role model. And you're also my personal mentor because you're my business coach, because I'm working with you in your business mastery program. Yeah. And I'll also say too, just right back at you, I'm super inspired at your ability to build your therapy practice like very quickly and very successfully. I've always been amazed at what you've been able to create in a short period of time before you met me. Super excited to see what you continue to create moving forward. It's it's nice to be inspired by each other. (laughs) I know. That's what's so great about the women that you bring together. It's we just it's we just build each other up so much. There's these things just lighting up between us so much energy and sparks. It's really cool. And I definitely feel that when I work with you. So could you tell us a little bit about your your business coaching program? Because so you now have the program that you do now, but did you did you used to be a business coach that wasn't as much with women healers? Or is this the first time that you worked in that capacity? No, I've always, I never dreamed that I would be a business coach. I spent my whole 20s pursuing being a holistic health practitioner, was sure, 100% sure that I would build a business that was, at least at the time, I had this real passion to build a business that would help women grapple with depression and, and ideally like help them get off of depression medication if that's what they wanted and that was appropriate and to be able to like dance with depression anxiety in ways that were natural or holistic so that was that was kind of my focus and I love being in school so I was just constantly in school learning new things getting new certifications adding to my knowledge part of that was becoming a, a massage therapist I went to two different schools to go through their whole like programs. And then one of the schools hired me to teach. So I taught massage for seven years and they eventually trained me to teach their business classes. And I fell in love. I loved teaching business classes. And so that really uh, was the seed that then had me kind of break off and start my own private practice. And because I had already been running women's circles out of my living room for many years, and I also created women's retreats and like parties for women, like I just was like all about bringing women together, even, you know, just for fun, just like I didn't, you know, these were not business offerings. These were just like, let's get together, you know? But because I had been doing that for many years, then I had the email addresses of lots of amazing women. So when I put it out there like, hey, I'm starting, you know, a business coaching program for women entrepreneurs that it just took off pretty much immediately. So my focus has always been working with women who are healers, entrepreneurs. So that's always been the case. And my very first program was like a little mastermind. So I've always, there's always been a group component where I love the one-on-one but I love being in groups of women and I love watching women resource each other. There's just like something that's very joyous about witnessing that. So yeah, so it's always been women and it's always been, especially women healers. Yeah. So wonderful. And so then you're the founder of the, the Spiritual Women Leaders Network, the bigger you know umbrella over all of this. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I think most people, at least here in the Bay Area who know me, think of me as the Fem Talks woman, Fem Talks 
are um, the monthly networking event in Berkeley that would happen every month for a decade. So that's how a lot of people refer to me. (laughs) But yes, the overarching, you know, I think of the greater community that I've created is the Spiritual Women Leaders Networking Community. And that's just the name of my meetup group, Spiritual Women Networking. No. <laughs> what is, wait, what is it? Spiritual Women Leaders Networking. Women Leaders Network. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's kind of like the umbrella, I guess. Yeah. And then under that, there's also the Feminine Frequency Global Festival that you hold annually. Or- yeah, I ended, I ended up doing it twice during the this last year of the pandemic, but I think moving forward, it will probably be an annual happening. And that's super fun. That was a total surprise success. I just kind of, there was this point last summer, about this time last summer, where we'd been in the pandemic, you know, March, now it's August, right? So we're still kind of in, we didn't realize it was just the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) But at the time, it felt like, oh, we were in like in this for the long haul. And it had been super intense, politically, and also in terms of social justice here in the States. So like, women were just Everybody was just, like, emotionally exhausted and stretched and, like, just, like, oh, every woman I talked to was just, like, really in the shit. And so I was like, we need to, like, come together and have, like, a talent show. (laughs) We need to come together and just celebrate each other and have fun. Um, So I put the shout out, like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Like, if you want to present, great. And I was just shocked at the response. It was amazing. Um, and then the women invited their friends. So there ended up being, I don't know, about 6,000 of us. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. it was super fun. It was like a talent show. It was like this big conference of women just showing their gifts and their talents and their abilities. And it was, and just little snippets, like they each did, you know, 30 or an hour segments, but it was so cool. There was everything under the sun there, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. totally. No, it was super, super fun. It's a lot of energy to hold because it also meant that like, if because I didn't have like a team built for that. So I was fielding all of the emails and any questions that came through. So it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to do it a little bit differently next time. But I'm excited. I'm actually planning, kind of visioning when the next one wants to be and kind of feeling into that. Okay. Are you feeling in the, in the next year, like in 2022 or? Yeah. I'm actually thinking, so the first one was uh, this time last year, and then the next one was in the uh, the beginning of the year, but I think last year it was during fire season, and then there were like, hur- there was like fires on the West Coast and hurricanes on the East Coast, so it was just an intense time, like we are in fire season, so I just really got, like, I can't do it during fire season because... It's that's it, it was just intense to like for women to be and, and myself included to be on like red alert and have our bags packed and ready for evacuation at any moment <laughs> and have the festival running. That was a lot. Um, so I'm thinking maybe in that that week window between like the kind of the Christmas holidays and New Year's where like mm-hmm. nobody's really working. Everybody's kind of in limbo. They might be with family. They might not, but there's not really anything going on that week. Yeah. So I think that might be a, a fun week to do it. It's actually my favorite week of the year. There's something about it. It's, it's like nothing really feels too real. It's like, ah, oh, we're in between worlds right now. It's exactly. the old year and the new and just might as well just relax and 
enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you say that because I kind of, yeah, it is this like kind of like magical little portal where you don't really have to return emails or, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, if there's nothing going on that requires, it's like everyone understands that like, yeah, it's you holiday. don't start anything, you don't, you know, nothing big, you just kind of, it's, yeah, I, I always enjoy that time. Yeah. But it, it doesn't seem like you take much time to, to pause. You must be pretty busy with all the undertakings you have. Do you, I know I was wondering, do you have a team? Do you have people like assistants and people that work under you or do you manage everything yourself that you're doing? Cause then you also do the women of color wisdom series. So you have so much going on. Yeah. 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 No, you know, I, um, I do have an assistant, but I pretty much do everything myself which isn't always the advice I give to other women. I absolutely am a fan of women building their team. I have an amazing team of my bookkeeping firm is really incredible. And I, it's maybe, I don't know if it's funny or not to talk about that here, but there is something about just, you know, being in business at the level that I am and knowing that like all of the financial piece is really being held by a team of incredible women that like were clearly put on this planet to do the work they're doing in terms of accounting and bookkeeping. So I feel super supported there. And it's nice to just be really present with like the numbers. But uh, like, other than that, I really enjoy, I, it's like I'm part priestess and part spreadsheets girl. Like I really enjoy the spreadsheets and kind of the back end. So there are, there's a lot of what I do. I mean, I outsource some things, but there's a lot of what I, I, that I just do myself because I enjoy it. And I actually have a pretty spacious schedule. I only work every weekend is a three day weekend. Like I use Fridays to just go down creative rabbit holes. Like if I feel like doing work, it's inspired work. And then every three weeks I have a five day weekend. Um, so I take off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And so that's so that that spaciousness is really important because if I don't have that spaciousness, number one, it's like the fast track to burnout. But I all my best business ideas and inspirations come to me in that in those spacious moments where I'm not in my work mind. When I'm in my work mind, my my attention is on my clients communications, like all the the to-do list. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of space in those moments for like the visionary part of myself. And so when I give myself lots of space, um, then my visionary, you know, I get to pop into my visionary self and that's where I get answers to questions. I, it allows me to kind of intuit my business and that's worked really well for me because then my business is coming from this inspired place versus purely from my logical mind. And uh, and so then, therefore, my business just feels inspired. Like that feeling of inspiration is woven woven through my business. Um, so oftentimes these projects like the Feminine Frequency Festival or the Women of Color Wisdom Series, they I will move on them when I feel inspired to do them. Like part of it is like, Make, making sure it makes sense in the calendar, right? <laughs> like there's a, there's a logical piece to it, but it's like, when do I feel like, do, when does it feel like it's a good time to do this? Yeah. What, and it's I, really encouraging to hear that you're able to have this level of success yet also have been able to establish the schedule and the framework that works for you mm-hmm. so that you can be both in that business mode, but then also in the visionary creative mode and have that balance. And I imagine also personal time as well fits mm-hmm. in there of course absolutely so know that that's possible is definitely encouraging for those of us who who have our vision but not quite yet have built all the stairs 
up towards it, which I think is what's so cool about where you're at, Jessica, and that I'd love for you to kind of go back and take us back and walk us down your path because it's like you built that staircase to your vision. You know, you, mm-hmm. you always, you said you always envision bringing women together and now you do so on such a grand and powerful and impactful level. And, you know, I know for someone like me, it's, you know, when you're not there yet, it, it feels a bit, you know, co- hard to comprehend about how will that ever actually come into fruition? Mm-hmm. How will I ever be able to actually live the life that, of my dreams where I'm doing the work that I always imagined and wish I could do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very encouraging to know that you can do it. And before we go back to the beginning of your story, I'm just curious if, if for a little snippet, was there ever a time that you weren't sure how it was going to happen or, cause it sounds like it kind of all, you know, one thing led to another and things kind of move smoothly for you. Was there ever a time where you thought, I don't know where this is going or how I'm going to be able to do this? Absolutely. And I wanted to just say one more note about the whole scheduling thing. Like one of the first things I do in in my very first coaching session with most of my women clients, I, because I tend to work with women that are very multifaceted. They want to write a book. They want to have a, like you have a podcast. They have, you know, a one-on-one practice, but they also want to have, you know, workshops or a group program. Like they've got all these different things that they want to create. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but when I ask them about their lifestyle, like what, okay, where is this all headed? How do you see yourself in the future? You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, there's always an, almost always an element of, I want to be able to travel. I want to have plenty of downtime, family time, etc. And it's almost like we are trained, and I think just from maybe the corporate world or like the work ethics of our parents that you like work really hard in order to get to a point where you can then retire and have spaciousness. But as an entrepreneur, you can actually weave in that spaciousness right from the beginning. So I'll actually have women create like their lifestyle calendar. Like, okay, if it doesn't necessarily have to maybe look the way it might look 10 years from now, but where can you weave in like small, sustainable, regular, recurring times that are meant for, to express your creativity for date nights, for, uh, for days off time for writing your book so that they're building their business already with really clear boundaries around. These are the times I work on my business non-negotiable. And these are the times where I'm expressing these other facets that are really important to express. Uh, So I just wanted to speak to that because it's like you can literally start next month or next week. I think it's so perfect for your demographic because, you know, as you spoke to, there are some people who truly just want to buckle down, get a job, save their money so they can retire and like Mm -hmm. 15, 20, 30 years, whatever, and then kind of have their space, as you said. But I think that most of the people that are gravitated towards you, the work that they do is so integral to who they are that we don't ever want to stop. You know, my dream is to create, just as you said, uh, my lifestyle is my work, is my business, and I'll do it until I move on from this planet. You know, I want to be able to always, it wouldn't be something I would ever not want to be doing. So as you said, it does need to be created in a way that's sustainable and that incorporates every a time for everything, a time for rest, a time for creation, a time for work and focus, all of that. Mm-hmm. So I love that you incorporate that in the way that you guide your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then your question about, you know, clarity or if there were times where I didn't really know where, where I was headed. Absolutely. I think when I first 
started FemTalks, the monthly networking events, mm-hmm. I felt so passionate about those events. That's kind of all I wanted to do. And to have the attention, like to put enough attention on those events and like really make them work. And I ended up pairing back on my business coaching. And there was a really long period of time where it's like, I didn't know how I was going to make a really profitable business out of the networking events. Like, I think there was a time where I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue with a business coaching at that time. And part of it was that I was grappling with some really intense chronic illness. And I think that that also caused some like brain fog. So there was, there was actual circumstances that were contributing to my not having clarity. And part of it was just dancing with illness Part of it was like birthing this new offering that was so exciting to me, and then, but, but also not having clarity on well, how is that going to play out uh, moving forward in a way that that's super profitable, and and also having a little bit of a dance with my business coaching, which I, it just turned out that I just needed to kind of reformat how I offered my business coaching, which, as you know, now includes the one-on-one coaching, but also these like mastermind circles, because I love being in circle with women. That's the thing, whether it's the networking event or the tea or the mastermind circles for, you know, you, you ladies, my clients, I just love being in women's gatherings. So as long as that's there, that's super nourishing. Um, and that kind of helped revive my business coaching from primarily being one-on-one with some group aspects to now being like primarily group that includes one-on-one. <laughs> it's like a little bit of a shift. So there is this, I guess what I want to say, if there are entrepreneurs listening that, yeah, and I, I've heard, I remember hearing mentors say this to me when I was younger, but you, it's like you can, you're offering, whatever you're offering, it has to include elements that really light you up. So sometimes people will ask me, well, what should be, what, what should be included in my program? It's like, well, what lights you up? You know, there is an element of finding out from your audience or your potential clients, what is going to light them up? Like what is going to feel valuable and useful for them if they join your program or your workshop or whatever. But like what lights you up? If you, I remember uh, Maria, uh, Marie Forleo talking about, cause she used to work for MTV. She's a business coach. She used to work for MTV and she loves like karaoke and dressing up and costumes and whatever. And so she actually weaves those into her business coaching retreats. Like you got to have fun. Yeah. So you can kind of weave, weave your party into your business in really creative ways. And that, that also will kind of help your business kind of stay fresh and alive, help avoid burnout. Yeah. Um, and it's this that. lifestyle calendar that we were talking about, but yeah, it's like, you got to do what lights you up first. Yeah. Bring your own specific brand of magic, your own little flares and fun things that it's a exciting thing to think about that. You could literally do your favorite things in the world and still <laughs> be successful and profitable through it. And I think that that's the block that most people have is I can't do what I truly love and actually be su- successful and financially stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, you can, you can sell anything you can sell. I mean, I know, you know, people who are astrologists or psychics, like, you know, what they're offering is like really out there, really woo, but they have very successful businesses, very profitable businesses. So you can sell anything. You can attract clients 
for any wild thing, as long as you've done the work of building an audience that wants that thing, which could include, you know, social media following or even better, like an, a, an, an email, you know, growing your email list that's filled with people that want that thing and then just give them that, that, that thing. <laughs> it sounds like, the Jessica, that you, you built your audience kind of gradually over time and almost it sounds like it all kind of started in person and that it was bringing women together consistently for groups. Do you feel like it was word of mouth a lot for you that grew your audience and now to where it is today? Or was it sort of splintering off of yeah this origin group and then it grew and expanded? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In my twenties, I started running women's circles out of my living room, like just for fun. They were just, you know, they were, it wasn't a business. It was, it was free. It was because I wanted to be in circle. And I also threw these women's parties called crafty vixens, where we come together and like get together and craft and paint and knit and drink wine and eat chocolate. And I, at the time, I mean, I knew what an email list was, but I was also, this is back before Facebook, and so I was on, like, these, like, Yahoo and Google groups. With There used to be this, like, almost like Facebook groups, like these, like, email-only groups that you would join. And so when you would send an email out to that group, like, everyone would receive it. So there would be, like, these local Bay Area groups that sometimes had, like, thousands of members and so it was a great way to say, hey, you know, New Women's Circle, or hey, Crafty Vixens. So that was probably the initial way that was almost like the pre-Facebook way that one would announce, you know, some kind of gathering. I would, because I would need a headcount, because I had a small apartment, then I would have people RSVP. I think I used Eventbrite, which is still a thing. And then eventually when Facebook came around, I, you know, played around with Facebook events. And that, that actually used to be a really great way to get people to my events. Facebook has changed since then, so it's much harder. But yeah, so that was how I kind of grew my email list, which was just with these fun free events that I just wanted to, to curate. By the time I was ready to launch FemTalks, the networking events, where I was actually charging you know, a ticket price at the door and I would line up guest speakers. It was a more of an, like, an official event event. I also created some women's retreats, uh, like weekend women's retreats. I already had an email list because I'd already been gathering women for years uh, for these like fun free events. Um, so that was super that came in super handy for sure that I like had the wisdom to collect email addresses. And then I had this like email list of a thousand women already by the time I was ready to like create uh, events in a business capacity. Yeah. And yeah. so now the fem talks, I'm curious, did, what were these women talking about? Because now your group is, is very, you know, prone to or the esoteric and the cosmic and divine healings and callings was that how it was in the beginning was it always women who were sort of more you know into the divine feminine guidance and healing work yeah I mean when I first started fem talks I kind of wanted it to be open to more like the mainstream I don't really know why I had that desire but I but I was so steeped my in women's community with women who were in already identified as being healers you know, everything from massage therapists to like psychologists and authors, but they were very much in the world of either like wellness or spirituality that when I put it out there, when I was like, hey, you know, kind of put out the invitation for Fem Talks, that what 
Femtox consistently drew, because women would bring their friends, it just continued to draw women that were, like, super spiritual. Like, very much in, like, the goddess, spirituality, transformational conversations. And then I would also invite guest speakers. And so those guest speakers were already all also spiritually oriented. Some of them had audiences. They had been you know, curating workshops or had a private practice for many years. So then the people they brought, the women they brought were also kind of innately like spiritual. So I just can't get away. I can't get away from the spiritually oriented women, which is totally fine. It's, I think it's there's a reason for that. We need fabulous. you, Jessica. We need you. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've had this conversation with, with, because again, most of the guests on my podcast so far, I've met through your circles through your events. And we're also grateful that a lot of us don't even know how we came across you in the first place. Like when we first came to an event of yours or how, but we just all came together and we all feel so connected. And we're just, thank you, Jessica, for whatever <laughs> drew you to this. I think there was a reason. Yeah. Sort of this beacon that's of light that's drawing others who, who are attuned to the same light, the same frequency. Oh, thank you. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love that image. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just love hanging out with the ladies for sure. <laughs> well, so let's, let's go back to that. Cause I'm curious about like when, what first drew you to this, you know, when you first want to do women's group, I mean, a lot of us like to do women's groups, but it sounded like you were pretty, did that happen? Like suddenly, like, were you in your twenties and you're just like, I need to bring women together. Cause I had a similar experience a few years ago, I started a women's group and mm-hmm. it just, I just kind of had this, you know, I would, I would say it was sort of a calling, but it was just sort of, sort of like this nagging that was like, what's, I really want to bring women together and see what happens when we just talk openly, have a few discussion points, but just sort of start sharing together in a safe collaborative space. Mm. And so was it, did you feel called to it or had you just always kind of liked hanging out with girlfriends and and talking or did you know it was kind of be like a, a business venture for you? No, I mean, I think, I mean, I can see my journey starting when I was really, really young. I actually, so in high school, I, all of my friends, I had a couple of good girlfriends, but all of my friends were guys. I hung out with the boys. I Like that was, I was just like always with like a, this like pack of boys. And I actually, you know, and I think many of us did growing up, like had many experiences with other girls, like in junior high, right, that were very scarring, right? Because girls can be really mean to each other. You know, there's definitely that going through puberty, junior high, high school, where girls can be like pretty catty with each other or or even worse you know I definitely had experiences of like just huge betrayals from like girlfriends that I really trusted and thought were like my best friends but you know we that just was you know all the, the teenage girl drama stuff and so I just felt safer hanging out with boys and when I was 18 right after high school I moved to New York City to pursue a professional dance career. What type of dance did you do? I was a, a professionally trained uh, ballet dancer but then because uh, when my body developed I developed more the body of a modern dancer and so I went to the Alvin Ailey school for uh, professional dance training and of course Alvin Ailey also has a professional company and while I was there I ended up dating a guy who I eventually ended up marrying but when we he was my boyfriend his best friend was dating a woman who was at the Martha Graham Dance Academy so we were both dancers and we came together and started a women's dance circle which I didn't even really know what that was like she had a really clear vision 
And I just kind of followed along. And we ended up um, collecting these incredible women that I'm still in touch with. And just creating this, like, women's dance circle. We get together and just... It's almost like ecstatic dance, but there were only, like, six of us. And I had never... Other than the dance floor, like, going to raves or something like that, I'd never... I mean, number one, I'd never danced in an all-women's space. So there was something very freeing about not having to worry about, like, the male gaze, you know? But also to dance in a way that was like more spiritually oriented, which I'd never done before. And I, don't, I didn't even really at the time know how to wrap my mind around it. I just know I really enjoyed it. I was like, I just like kind of moving my body around and I don't have to do ballet and I don't have to like think about the exact precise positioning of my feet. And then that I think that that just started this thirst in me. Like I loved that so much and that environment and these particular women just felt incredibly safe to be around and were very like they introduced me to yoga and they introduced me to mindfulness and they introduced me to meditation because they were all a little bit older than me and very much on the like healing wellness yoga path um so I think that was that was really the seed and then I had a hunger to like kind of recreate that feeling once I moved to the Bay Area I also had my son really young and I didn't have a lot of community at the time, so I felt very alone in my motherhood when he was little. You know, it's like hard to be like alone with a baby and really not have any girlfriends. So I just like through the gym that I was a part of and just through here and there, I kind of patched together my first women's circle. And it started out as a knitting circle. It started out as like, hey, let's get together and just like knit and shoot the shit in my living room. And then that turned into... Where are we at? Where are we at now? <laughs> and is that where the crafty vixens came, evolved from? Is from those? Yeah, because it kind of became more. You just threw in some more chocolate and other things along with that. More chocolate, exactly. Because women kept wanting to be bring their friends. They're like, "Oh, hey, can I bring so and so next time?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Yeah. So that cra- crafty vixens at one point grew, was uh, in, my, in my small two bedroom apartment at the time. Uh, we fit. We packed fifty women into that apartment and everyone was like painting and crocheting and drinking wine and eating chocolate and like doing each other's hair and trading makeup tips. And it was just like, there's this way that, you know, I think women have crafted together for thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of like, you know, indigenous women, like creating the things with their hands that they have to in terms of, you know, the things that they need, you know, clothing or tools or whatever, but to be, in that doing something with your hands while you're sitting in a circle of women just like chatting there's something really satisfying about that and I think that that lends to the whole like business mastermind thing too it's like we're not necessarily creating things with our hands but we're all creating something right each woman is crafting or curating something and to be able to sit in circle and kind of resource each other around that it's just there's something ancient about it Absolutely. I was just going to say, as you're describing all that, because what you described when you, because it is, that's, that's tradition, you know, for women to come together and sort of create together and work together in that way is, you know, when I sort of got the idea of doing a women's circle, it it felt almost like an ancestral calling. It felt almost Mm -hmm. like something was wanting to inspire this. And And I, you know, I feel like yours, everything that you are creating is bringing back some of the, the feminine ancestral culture and traditions that we've sort of lost touch with in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And I think that are so crucial at this time to bring back. Cause I, and I know a lot of your work is a focus on the divine feminine 
And, you know, that's what you're doing is you're holding space for that to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, when we bring women together and they can feel that safety and ability to express freely, we get more in our essence Mm -hmm. of, you know, our, our true feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I think there's something really special, you know, just talking about, you know, how like teenage girls or even adult women can be really mean to each other. You know, I definitely like in the regular world, well, you know, you sometimes you interface with like feminine shade, but when women come together in a space where all of the women are committed to creating a container of safety, like where all the, every woman is showing up to be supportive um, and also has a desire to be supported. There's something really magical that happens in that space where women are co-creating a really like sis- as a, an experience of sisterhood that's that is incredibly nourishing for sure. There's a softening that happens. You know, we sort of soften up and we feel able to to loosen, to relax, and to be and to really just sort of share our energies with, with one another, rather than because, as you said, that the the feminine shade. I think that. The experience you described in middle school, I think, unfortunately, that we kind of keep that with us. Yes. And in this day and age, there's still this sense of, I might be sort of, I don't know if I can trust other women sometimes. I, I might be hurt again by them. I might be betrayed by them because it's, it's happened. And, and I think it comes from this place of women not knowing if it's safe to, if there's enough room for us. You know, I think there's a lot of a sense of, is it, can I trust this person or are they going to better me and I'm going to lose something because this person might be more impressive. I think there's just a lot of that from a young age for women mm-hmm. where it's, there's just a lot of competition and sort of side eye of like, can I let you shine? Or are you going to dim out my shine if I do? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that sort of armor has really kept us from allowing the feminine to return because we're, we're blocking it ourselves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a huge, I think when we talk about like the, you know, the patriarchy, I think a lot of times there's an an initial understanding that that like has to do with the men of history Mm. or currently, (laughs) but you know, women really, they're, you know, historically women have totally, yeah, they're, they're, women have definitely been players in that paradigm for sure for sure and we are now a lot of us are now because we we don't know that there is a matriarchal way to success Mm -hmm. and to a place of prominence we feel that we kind of have to go the path of patriarchy which i think leads to a lot of female competition and divisiveness Mm -hmm. unfortunately and so that i just all i just keep coming back to this idea of softening together feeling like okay, we can let our guard down. We don't have to feel like we have to use might. We don't have to go the more masculine way. We can move into our actual feminine element essence. And that's where I think true transformation happens Mm. for for each other, but also in the world, because that's, that's what's lacking is that safe space for women to be women, to bring forth that divine feminine essence to the world. I think we're all Mm -hmm. a little scared to to do that. We don't know if it's allowed because for centuries... We ha- we've been persecuted for it. Mm-hmm. And we, we really sort of created this generational trauma around, I can't show that part. I can't dip, dip into that part of me. Yes. So I don't think it's any coincidence that women like you and I are having this draw to recreate that and to open doors and spaces for that to reemerge. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's yeah. exactly what you're doing in your work. 
Yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, when I was part of this women's dance circle, too, you know, this experience of dancing, but not, which is usually in like, a, at least here in the States, is usually a, a co-ed experience, right? You go to a club or you go to a party or whatever, and the dance floor is usually like men and women. And to be in a space where you're not contending with, even if it's unintended, like sexual energy, like male sexual energy coming at you. Like I've definitely been to like co-ed networking events and at co-ed networking events, I feel like I'm being hit on uh, some, you know, like there's just definitely like an energy coming at me. And when I'm in all female networking events, I get, it's like in the co-ed events, I get like romantic propositions. In the female, I get actual business propositions. And that's what I'm there for. So there's also a little bit of like this way that I think we as women, I, and I love men. I love my partner. I have an amazing son. Like, mm-hmm. But as women, there is a way that we kind of have to have a little bit of a, a guard up, like a little bit of like an energetic fending off of unwanted Advantage. energy yeah and it's nice to be able to drop that as well like I think that's part of the softening as well is that we don't have this kind of half boundary up and in the all women's space like that also gets to come away and I think there's something that's just kind of relaxing about that oh I don't have to even if there are women here who are queer I don't I don't feel that same it doesn't feel the same as when, like, I have the attention of a man, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, we, I don't know. There's just something really, like, relaxing about just being able to be women together and not have to manage our energy mm-hmm. uh, in ways that we might have to in a co-ed space. Yeah, it's very freeing. Um, yeah. But there's also, you know, I think what you're saying about the softening there is something about, because I've definitely been in women's circles where I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel, it felt like there was a lot of like hierarchy or, you know, I didn't, it didn't feel like heart connected. So I think there's also something about having a shared intention. Um, and I try to weave that into like, if I send an email invitation, for example, for like the Queen's Tea, I really try to weave in language that is kind of setting the tone for mutual support, connection, coming together to have fun, coming together to share wisdom, like kind of these weaving in these intentions of like innate support and sisterhood so that I think women are, it will attract women who want to be in that space. So they are inherently potentially more heart-centered maybe, but I think it also sets the tone for women to, yeah, feel safe uh, stepping into that space. And then they feel the heart-centeredness and then they drop into their hearts more. And it's a little bit like heart connection begets heart connection. Yes. Um, so there's something to be said about that as well. Because I've certainly been in all female spaces where that it, you know, even in the spiritual world or the world of like spiritual workshops and women's circles that I didn't feel like I could fully be myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and it can be very tense because you know to your point I've, I've even been in circles with you where there's you know there there becomes a little bit of friction between because people you know there's a lot of offering different ideas and feedback and sometimes we bristle up right we bristle yeah. and we take things and so you can almost feel that tension but then as you said every single time that's happened in a group 
the heart softening happens, the heart opening happens, and it becomes this more of like a love fest of, oh, but it's going to be so great. And we're all going to do this in it because people, they, they're able to, again, soften and open their hearts and move from that place of reacting to being able to receive and, and give freely. So it's actually kind of fascinating to watch because I think as humans, we just all have that tendency to be in a state of fear for a bit, but then the best feeling is to go back to love where your heart's open and you're just, again, the love fest where you're just sharing and everyone's just giving each other compliments and accolade. And it's, it's wonderful, mm. you know, but it takes a certain amount of alchemy, you know, certain, yes. the mix has to go the right way to allow for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I personally, for this program, I have a phone conversation with every woman who wants to join because I really want it, I want the women who join be women who already understand the value of women's community and women coming together. Because I think that what you're talking about, that kind of that momentary like bristling that happens, because we are, it's like our businesses are like our precious babies. Yes, they sometimes, are. You know, sometimes it's it's almost like, and, and also our livelihood, right? So there's a lot of energy around our businesses. And so, yeah, sometimes when we're kind of, asked to think about something a little bit differently or maybe somebody says makes a suggestion that doesn't really land for whatever reason it is it's like we get kind of protective of our baby but I think if the entire circle is ultimately women who are really committed to sisterhood and support then it is so much easier to just immediately kind of be like okay what like how can we just like nourish nourish the heck out of this moment and kind of get back to that feeling like, you know, very quickly of just, you know, heart-centered support, sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's such I, a I feel lucky thing. that I get to hang out with such awesome, awesome women like you. <laughs> it's a pretty cool job you got. Pretty cool. So when you mentioned, you know, your baby and birthing, I, I'm wondering, you know, what just sort of main points for those listening who or maybe at that space, someone like me who, you know, and I think you, you draw a lot of these people who, you know, I'm a, a therapist, which is a wonderful profession. And it's very, I would say safe in terms of, you know, I set up my practice and I'm going to get clients and I can rely on that. But if I want to move into a greater space of, you know, what I feel is my true soul's purpose, my true path, it becomes a little bit more, more daunting because you don't know that it's going to take hold. You don't know that it's going to, it doesn't have this set track of, Oh yeah, just jump on this track and you'll, you'll be able to support yourself and be successful. So when people are kind of looking to, you know, try kind of get pregnant with this idea and gestate it, what are some tips you have for people who are just looking to get started? They're looking to conceive this, a new idea and then begin to gestate and eventually birth it. How do you start that? Absolutely. So I, the most important first step, like once you have, once you have some clarity around what it is that you want to offer, maybe it's a workshop, maybe it's a women's circle, maybe it's some kind of, you know, coaching package or something like that. What, like whatever the offering is. I mean, number one, because I, I'm a multifaceted women, woman. I tend to attract women who are multifaceted. Like we're women who like to create a lot of different things. One mistake I see is uh, women who are just starting out trying to like birth a lot of different programs and offerings all at the same time. And I've totally made that mistake in my past. But the issue with that is that the energy it takes to birth all of those at the same time or around the same time is that those offerings kind of like snuff each other out. Like there's just not enough 
energy to fully manifest all those things at the same time. So I always ask my clients to get clear on, okay, what is the main thing, the main offering that you would love to attract clients into or participants into? And once that's clear, or even even partially clear, even if they don't know exactly what it's exactly going to look like, but they kind of know what the container is, you know, it's a workshop for couples or it's a package for, to help with grief or whatever. Then the next step is to get to really dial in crystal clear messaging around that offering. Because when you are talking about that offering, like later on, when you're talking about that offering out in the world, it's really important that that the way that you talk about it. And, that, and the way you talk about it, that could be the words that are written on your website, that could be the emails that you send inviting people into it, that could be you know, if you're teaching a webinar and talking about it, you know, your outward facing words you use for that offering, like they have to resonate. People have to immediately understand what's in it for them, what they're going to get out of it, you know, and the, they need to underst- immediately understand the value and the depth of the work that you do. So that's really important, and that's something that oftentimes women skip over. They'll kind of generally have some kind of description uh, that's often a little bit too nebulous, and they kind of slap that up on Facebook or up on their website or whatever, and then they wonder why people don't come, don't hire them or come to their thing. And it's often because of the messaging. So that's a huge piece. I, I used to be a professional copywriter, so the messaging is a huge piece that I work on with clients and oftentimes women want to rush that process because they want to be they want to be out there creating they want to be like leading the workshop or coaching the clients and mm-hmm. that's great but if the messaging isn't landing then it's going to be it's going to be like pulling teeth to try to fill that workshop or attract those clients yeah so that would be and and some good questions so just so we're not like leaving the uh, the audience of maybe newbie entrepreneurs in the lurch, some good questions to ask yourself around, like in terms of curating messaging that really resonates is, you know, maybe doing some journaling around, first of all, what are your deepest intentions for the people that step into your program? That's really important for you to be able to really clear clarify, like my deepest intentions for you are blah, blah, blah. What are the results that they can expect to get from the program and the results can either be measurable or they can be experiential. Like you will feel more confident or you will, you know, whatever the promise is, um, experience significantly less pain in your body. Um, so those are some important questions. There are other questions. I mean, there's, I give my clients a whole like worksheet to work off of, of kind of journaling questions to kind of discover the language of their program. Um, but I think, yeah, like what are your intentions and what are the benefits are a really great place to start. Cause that's oftentimes what people are really listening for when they're considering making a purchase. Yes. It, it's a little amazing. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it's, it's amazing how it's these little hooks. If you have the right statement and it's whether or not it's, you know, a offering you have for a business or a workshop, or if you have a podcast and you want someone to listen to it, people mm-hmm. are looking for just that little buzz thing that they think, Oh, that's, I want, that's something I'm interested in. Oh, you're going to help me figure out how to get over a breakup. Oh, you're going to help me figure out how to, you know, work on my relationship or build my business. Like there it is. But if yeah. it's too kind of diluted, people are going to, they're not going to be able to kind of 
touch it. And they're not going to be able to have that spark with it. But the right messaging, just they're like, oh, I, I need that. <laughs> I need yes. to hear about that. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, especially heart-centered entrepreneurs, they don't want to be too specific because they don't want anyone to, to be left out. Like they want, you know, they like want, it's like, come one, come all. And there's certain kinds of offerings that that's maybe appropriate for. But for, for the most part, like I think you can fully express yourself in your business if what you're offering has elements in it that really light you up. But then if you have a very specific offering, once you get that launch, once that's going which is much easier when it is specific, when it is like, you know, kind of targeting a specific set of either issues or results or catered to a very specific type of person, then you can create another offering that's maybe like a little bit different that dives in, you know, so if your specialty is working with people around grief, then maybe later you can have an offering that dives into like shame or anger or whatever, like you get to express all of your facets, but, um, uh, yeah, that specificity in that that one offering, like what is the purpose of that offering? That's really important. Yeah, definitely. Wow, well, that is so many wonderful, helpful tips, Jessica. I appreciate that. I know everyone listening is going to really love all of that and find it super helpful. So thank you. Yeah. And then to kind of end, Jessica, I would love to hear where, where do you see, and maybe you've, you're there, like maybe you've reached the point where you're doing the work you've always dreamed of and you just love it and you want to stay here, but, or do you have a vision for where you're going from here? Do you have any ideas or are you always kind of evolving and growing in that way? Or do you feel like you've reached your, your summit for your work? I, you know, it's interesting. I'm actually going to, I, so I love business coaching and I love teaching business skills. And I can imagine that I will continue to do that for many, many years, but I'm actually like right now, as you mentioned earlier, my main program is the business mastery circle for women, uh, which includes one-on-one coaching and the mastermind circles like we talked about. And I love that, but I'm actually in this next year going to be taking on fewer clients in that program and creating more of like a membership where folks can get access to all of my business teachings in more of like a self-study capacity. And then maybe like a couple times a month, I bring everyone together and kind of a Q&A call and give laser coaching. So that's uh, something that just kind of makes sense because I have so many resources that I give you ladies. And so just turning those into actual like self-study step-by-step courses, um, like the stuff I teach to you turning that into, you know, like a teachable school, something like that. So that's in process. And then I also have this whole background with all the women's circles and retreats and stuff that I used to do. Uh, I I love uh, facilitating in more of a, like a spiritual capacity. And so there, a few years ago, I launched a, another mastermind circle that was centered around manifestation and magic. And like, it was much more priestessy. We even dove into like sex magic because I have a huge background of knowledge of like ritual and manifestation and like kind of the more like witchy woo stuff. So I'm also creating a new group program that's centered around all that stuff. So I get to be in ritual with women and uh, I'm really excited about that. So that'll kind of be like the three, those are like the three offerings I'm moving towards because I really miss I do express some of that in the business coaching, but oftentimes in the business coaching, we are, we're, we're focusing on strategy and next steps and like, you know, it's, it's a little bit more serious. And so I'm excited to have an offering that is a little bit more of like a priestess, priestess path. Yeah. 
offering. Sounds so. like you're kind of ready to get back into more of like the watery flow type yes. feminine energy where we're, you're just coming together and, and doing some magic. Oh, exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's exciting. I know. I'm really excited. Yeah. And I'm just also for you ladies going to gift you a spot in that program. You'll, you'll get that invitation <laughs> when it's ready. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Jessica, this has been such a fun and beautiful conversation. I can't thank you enough for being on the show and for everything that you do and what you, the empire you've created that just serves so many of us and is just really ushering in, I believe, you know, the beginning of a, a new era where women are able to come in as their soft and heart, heart open selves and really mm-hmm. collaborate and create something beautiful that the, the world is in need of. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's it's such an honor to be here. It was really fun to look through the uh, episodes that you've, that you've already, you know, that are already uh, published and just see all, like you said, like you met a lot of the women that you've interviewed through me and to just see like, oh my gosh, I love her and I love her and I love her and I love her. So I'm really excited to go back through and listen to the episodes of these like amazing women that I totally love. Yeah. Well, you can keep watching because every week there's going to be a new client of yours. that's going to be a guest (laughs) on the show. So you can watch the list grow. I love it. No, thank you so much for curating this and for bringing us all together. It's, It's really lovely to step into a space that has been just so beautifully crafted, uh, such as you have. So it's, it's lovely to be here. Well, thank you. And Jessica, how can people find you if people want to join your business mastery program, or if they want to jump in for the next queen's tea and see what that's all about, how can they find you and find out about those events? Yeah, absolutely. Opulentpriestess.com is my website. And the information for the Business Mastery Circle is there. I've helped a lot of women build six-figure and multiple six-figure businesses that are spiritually oriented. So you can definitely check out that the page and you can contact me through that page as well. And in terms of the Queen's Teas, yeah, let's see. So on Opulent Priestess, there the very first page you come to, opulentpriestess.com, is a a free gift called the Opulent Woman's Pleasure Self-Care Package. And it's just like you put in your email and you receive some rituals that are centered around kind of attuning your nervous system for uh, like rest and relaxation. It's a great kind of anti-stress antidote, but really lovely. So when you do sign up for that, then you're now part of my email list and you'll get invitations for the upcoming Queen's Teas and Lightworker Teas and all the other juicy women's gatherings, the Feminine Frequency Festival, and all of those are online. So you'll you'll just automatically get those emails. Fantastic. Fantastic. And all those links will be in the show notes. So the audience can find them there. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Whitney. Well, Jessica, thanks again. This has been so fun. Forward to seeing everything that you'll create in the future and to continue working together. Yeah. Thank you so much, Whitney. This has been a blast. Take care. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.